Hello, Australians. If you are seeing me now, it means I have been murdered. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Punta Vista Socialist Club, episode 21. Uh, I'm Andrew, and I'm joined by Theo. Hello. Uh, from all the way across uh, this pond, the pond I've been reading about, uh, the one pond, uh, we are joined by Ben. I think, doesn't the pond traditionally refer nope, to the Atlantic? Nope. Okay, all right, yeah, sure. Let's Hello. not get into it. It's body of water. Hi, Ben. Uh, and... If I'm to understand correctly, uh, extremely hungover, we have here Lucy. Mm, that's me. Hello. Hello. G'day. How you feeling? How's your brain? Feel, feeling bad. I did did some spewing, but I'm here. <laughs> Didn't want to have all these men on our podcast. Alone. Just talking Alone, shit. Alone. Talking about women and how they be shopping. Mm. They, do. they do. I have noticed They do that. be shopping. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have to be well, here. How, yeah. How, well, how do you feel now that you know that you were the one to introduce the concept of shopping and whether women be doing it? <laughs> Ooh, damn, I really was. Yes. Let's move on from uh, this. Hashtag fake feminist, as friend of the show, Daisy Cousins would say. Ooh, yeah, she would. Speaking of uh, conservative dickheads... Uh, I've just awoken this morning to a bit of a bit of fun news about what appears to be um, Deputy Prime Minister uh, Barnaby Joyce getting caught in an extramarital affair. Whoa! I didn't uh, see this yet. What? Is that real? What's going Welcome on? Welcome to the news. Welcome to the news, everybody. Um, well, there was an article a couple of days ago by um, Sherry Markson in the Daily Telegraph about. Um, some kind of dirty game being played against Barnaby Joyce uh, and his personal life in some some way that could very majorly affect his family. Um, a lot of a lot of sort of vague references to stuff, but no details. Um, and it appears to be coming out at the moment that Barnaby Joyce has been engaged in some big extramarital affair and has been thrown out of home by his wife. Uh, wow. Which, of course, has raised the debate. Um, in Australian political circles with journalists and stuff about whether or not a politician's personal life is fair game. Uh, I think it is. I think it is when he's a very vocal no voter. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the argument at the moment. Is like um, if if you're making a very uh, vocal public um, campaign against other people's rights to marry based on you know some ideas of the the sanctity of traditional marriage and how important secure marriages are and all that sort of stuff while you happen to, at the same time, be railing some lady. Yeah. Uh, kind of makes you look a bit full of shit. I don't think he's railing her. I don't I don't see that body doing any, any railing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the colour he goes. Oh, my God. Just Imagine. Huffing and puffing and getting all, like, bright red. Exhausted. Oh, he turns like deep beetroot red when he's just kind of raising his voice. Um, so yeah, I I can't even begin to imagine the the colours, the shades that he goes. I'm always secretly scared that that his deep face rending is like some 
a horrible medical condition and then like the millions <laughs> of times I've made fun of it are going to like make me look like the worst person alive. Well, maybe it'll be that. Maybe it'll be one of one of the other many things you've said. Who knows? Just my actions as a person. That might, <laughs> that might do it. No, I, I just Google news Barnaby Joyce's name and then like the top uh, thing that comes up is an article in the, the Daily Telly from Sherry Marks and framing it as in like, Barnaby Joyce battles vicious innuendo. <laughs> so, mm. you know, obviously uh, coming from someone writing for a news limited publication about the idea of it being bad to pry into someone's personal life. Yes. Uh, pretty ironic when the only thing they ever do is pick uh, seemingly at random generally private citizens in Australia and then try and demolish them into the ground by doing exactly that. Like, Yeah, I mean... There was uh, the the guy from Q&A, Duncan... That's exactly Stora, who Stora. I was thinking of. And, like, so that was... He he was on Q&A and he said, hey, uh, it's kind of crazy how they tax low-income people. And then the first thing News Limited did was find his tax records and see how much tax he paid, and then they got his son to talk about how much of a dead shit he is and, like, they just fucking tried to ruin his life. And then this... Yeah. It's like, oh, some, you know, this is delving into the private life of someone who's very much a public figure and it's very much in the public interest, but still, you know, it's bad when other people do it. Yeah, and and his actions, which, you know, which have a sort of direct correlation to to an argument that he is making about public policy that will affect every person in the country. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's just like you're saying. I mean, like... Uh, that guy on Q&A, his one big crime was that he stood up in front of people and made a statement which was critical of the government. Yep. Yep, and that immediately resulted in having his entire personal life played back to him. Um, and like you were saying, just a, a weeks-long campaign of just completely destroying this guy's, well, whatever reputation he had and, you know, publicly airing every every, you know... A character defect of his and everything yet somehow we're all just supposed to say well well barnaby joyce is he's a politician so the stuff that he does in his own time is just just off the you know it's off the radar which seems kind of kind of dumb and shitty to me i think australia has this massive problem with that sort of like uh, almost like an old world approach to journalism about politicians like that where they're like oh we must stick to our code of honor of you know you can't broach their personal lives or whatever and the problem is that like the press gallery journos and the politicians live in their own tiny little designated city and all they do is hang out together and you know whatever and they're all mates like there isn't this sense of antagonism to power that yeah there should be that's what they're there for well i mean i've i've certainly heard journalists in the past say as much to the effect of like not e not even that it's an old world thing of oh you know politicians are allowed to have private lives that we won't pry into so much as um well you know we need to maintain relationships with these people if somebody has some sort of private thing that they don't want getting out and a journalist finds out about it and tells everybody then no one's ever going to talk to them about anything again mm. that it's just this it's this symbiotic thing of Oh well, you know, yeah, we won't we won't call anything out because we don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be blacklisted or anything. But 
it it has the side effect, of course, of letting politicians be the the ones in control of saying whose personal actions outside of their 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 public life are um you know are worth discussing or are, are noteworthy. I think we we just talked about this before the um, whatever the fuck it's called. It was like the midwinter ball or whatever, which is that like it's the charity gala thing for press gallery journos and politicians and it was the one where Turnbull like made fun of Trump for like a solid couple of minutes or whatever mm. and then someone posted the video oh, I can't remember who it was but like was it, was it like Laurie Oaks or, or Malcolm yeah, Farr it was. or something? It was. it was Laurie Oaks and then like all these other like you know Fairfax journos and News Corp journos are like oh absolutely not you know this is off the record this is you know like I can't remember how they phrased well, it, but it was the same sort of they deal. They were acting like it was like muck-up day for politicians. You know? Yeah, which is not the day when works. you just get to do silly stuff and no one holds you responsible for it. But um, but yeah, I, like I completely agree in the sense that it's it's just very very weird that politicians are the ones in this country who get to say when something is and isn't able to be discussed in public by a journalist. Yeah, absolutely. It's very unsettling. Um. I, I think in this case, you know, you could certainly draw parallels to those cases in like in the US where um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was, well, there's, there's certainly been plenty of cases of, you know, um, like evangelical right wing uh, Republicans railing against same sex marriage before it was legalized there. And then inevitably, there is some story that comes out about these guys like feeding meth and dick to their teenage aides and stuff and well there was one um very recently where a guy that was you know very pro-life so same same kind of um same kind of mold um where it came out that he had pressured his um mistress into getting an abortion hmm yeah, that's right. Like, uh, like just before voting as well to to make like abortion criminalized or whatever it was. Yeah, what was his name? I am at a loss. But uh, yeah, I think in in all of those sorts of cases, those are things where if that was just an event in that person's life in isolation, it would be one thing. But when that person is out publicly publicly saying no member of the public should be able to do this kind of thing while describing actions that they themselves participate in it's a little rich mm, it's a spicy meatball that's for sure <laughs> it is a spicy meatball uh so you, you layer that um onto barnaby joyce's uh accidentally being a citizen of another country and barnaby uh, joyce's of- wanting um marriage strong marriage for his daughters to protect them yes um weird but the, it's it's their marriages that that he wants to be strong not not his apparently Can we just read that quote <laughs> because it's the most batshit insane thing in the world it just doesn't make any sense have we yeah, have you have you got it there that. uh oh, um, i thought we would have been the notes yeah. we might not have here folks there's a little little peek behind the curtains here, everybody. Yeah, this is how how this is how the magic is made. As I scroll yep, back everybody, through my everybody own Twitter, everybody copy and paste stuff. Um, That's right, Angel just edited all this out. Thirty seconds. I've of done it, folks. I've done it. I've found it. Oh, good. 
can't wait to edit this out. <laughs> Leave it in. It's good. It's going to sound seamless, guys. It's going to sound... Totally. Uh, it always does. It's going to sound slick, smooth, and greasy. Um, so, Barnaby Joyce here speaking out against same-sex marriage uh, because uh, marriage is the best protection. So, he's, he's asked how his four daughters would be affected if same-sex marriage was allowed. Quote, we know that the best protection for those girls is that they get themselves into a secure relationship with a loving husband, and I want that to happen for them. I don't want any legislator to take that right away from me. <laughs> wow. Now, it's, what I was marveling at about this is that there is no way to attempt to interpret this <laughs> that is not like really uh, either completely misrepresentative of reality or incredibly offensive to its own daughters. <laughs> I, it, like, it, I'm trying to okay so there's two things here that need to be sensicalized but the first is what his daughter's being protected from uh, the wolves, second I think, is oh, like what, what he thinks the, the bill is going to do is it making straight marriage because that's the thing right. if it's taken away from him I think he's assuming that uh, straight marriage is about to be made Illegal. It's, it it's made redundant. Would, would you like Which to I hear support. my interpretation? This is my most solid interpretation at this point. Yes. Um, n- number no. one. That, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Theo. Two out of two out of three wins. Um, so the pr- protection thing. Uh, Barnaby Joyce thinks that we are living in um, frontier times. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that we still live in a world where if a young woman wants to have any form of security in her life. Um, that she needs to get herself into a marriage so that a nice uh, stockbroker can earn money and and take care of her and she can stay at home. Um, as opposed to, uh, as, as Elner, uh, my wife, pointed out, um, a marriage is actually the most dangerous place for a woman to be, if you want to go off the statistics. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so, but the second part, though, I don't want any legislator to take that right away from me. I really like the phrasing around the from me oh. um, because it, su- mm. it suggests that the that it's like his role to organize a marriage for his daughters. <laughs> I think I actually see what this might be. Uh, he might be alluding to the fact there could be some hidden things in the bill getting rid of uh, how it was previously legal to marry all four of your daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I no, I think. Um, I, I wonder if the implication of that last sentence is that by allowing same-sex couples to get married, that it will uh, cheapen or ruin the the you know um, the that's what I'm looking for. It'll it'll cheapen or ruin the um, you know institution of marriage to a point where no one will want to get married anymore or it won't be important or matter and then his right, daughters won't get married and protected it's too fagged up now someone. so people will <laughs> yeah. want it so yeah basically legislators are going to make marriage um, available to same sex partners that will ruin marriage no one will want to get married anymore and then um, all his daughters are going to be um, gross spinsters forever because imagine a woman being single or no, gay apparently shocking <laughs> no thank you Oh, poor Barnaby. So, um, so yeah, there's been a been a lot of cell phones going on with Barnaby. 
Um, he's in a very, very precarious position. Uh, add, add to his citizenship thing and now um, this affair, which is apparently a great look for him. Um, you can add to those things the plummeting support for the National Party um, amongst rural people. So apparently they've just been losing um, huge amounts of support. Shockingly, because it's almost like uh, the Nationals just get elected by default and then go along to Canberra and do whatever the Liberals want to do, even if it's hugely not in favour. Except of a bit votes. of a just a bit of a farmy version of it. We're just yeah. gonna we're just gonna farm that up. We've got well, the they, farm uh, vibe. they were in a Cooper twice a year for that's uh, right. Photo opportunities, yeah. and they they have some RMs. So you know. No, I have I have worked out how they can improve the Nationals' um, support ratings now, and that's to I think. They need to uh, rally the the Liberal Party as a whole to continue producing incentives for um, big budget movies to be made here, and then which will draw big budget stars, uh, and then they can go and threaten to kill their dogs again. And I think mm. we saw a bit of a bump yeah. after the uh, the dog killing episode with Johnny um, Depp, um, and you know maybe they can repeat that magic. They could uh, threaten to kill like um, Vincent Don. Don- What's Vincent D'Onofrio? Uh, D- Vincent D'Onofrio's Dinof- uh, <laughs> twin ferrets. Um. <laughs> Vincent Donfredo. Don- <laughs> Vincent Donofredo Dinof- the frog and his <laughs> two ferrets. Yeah. So, um, you know, this these, these incidents of conservatives owning themselves um, quite publicly... Of course, there's all of all of Malcolm Turnbull's prime ministership is one mm-hmm. extremely uh, extended uh, showcase of self ownage. It's the rare self cuck that he managed. It's he <laughs> put himself into a position of power just so that the cuck could be greater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we thought we thought we might do a little rundown of um, of some conservative cell phones from Australia and from abroad to celebrate um, how well it's all going for conservatives at the moment. Um, I was thinking about dear friend of the show Pauline Hanson, um, who is another person that, frankly, I would consider her entire career in the public spotlight to be a massive, constant cell phone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just. It just never stops. Like. Yeah. Just... I mean, it's it's kind of wonderful that the first time round her political career ended up with her going to jail. Um. Mm. So let's see what the what the future holds. I'm quite excited. Uh, can she top it? That's the can real she question. can she top it? Yeah. Um. You know, earlier in earlier in her career, I was uh, reminded recently of uh, Pauline Hanson in her first Senate run. Um. Doing, doing what we all do when we get that big promotion that we've been thinking about, you know. Uh, we've been angling for it for a while. We finally get in there and we know that the haters are jealous. So we immediately get out a camera and record a message to people um, about how if, <laughs> if they are murdered, they are to watch this tape. We've all got one. It's, it's, mm, it's I have extremely one uh, in case I die autoerotically asphyxiating. <laughs> Do, do you have different ones for like different different occasions? No, that's the only way I'm going to die. So I've only done that one. <laughs> oh, I already know which way I'm dying. Um, well, look, let me let me just play you a snippet of this tape here of the the real gravitas in Pauline's voice. Hello, Australians. <laughs> if you are seeing me now, it means I have been murdered. 
<laughs> it's very presumptuous. It is. It's very presumptuous. Oh, um, God. Do you think that, that somebody cares enough? So why was she you? getting murdered? Oh, uh, I think I think she was just assuming that she was uh, speaking truth to power in such a such an amazing way that someone would probably front up and murder her shortly afterwards. Wow, that's there's like a very definitive conservative streak of people ascribing like the wrong kind of importance to when millions of people call them an idiot. Mm. Like they, you know, it's the same thing when like you know millions of people will call them a dipshit for something. They'll be like, ah, oh, this means they want me silenced. Like, no one cares enough about you to try and silence you. They're just calling you an idiot because you're an idiot. It's the same thing. No one wants her dead. Well, I mean, no one is going to hire someone to kill her. They just want her to know that she's a dumbass. Yeah, I like. I remember seeing somebody online saying something similar recently, where they were they were like, uh, "Every time all these people come out of the woodwork and get mad at me and tell me to shut up, just shows me that I'm right." Like, what kind of social conditioning did you receive, like as a young person, as a teen, anything to um to come to the conclusion that like a whole bunch of people shouting, uh, "Shut the fuck up." Your opinions are wrong. They're really stupid. Uh, what sort of person heard that kind of stuff growing up and went, I've got these motherfuckers now. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> I could tell how right I am by the way everyone's shouting that I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's the Miranda Devine effect. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, look, we definitely have some examples from Miranda. Although I will say um, that just to close that out, um, Pauline Hanson was asked about that uh you know, twenty odd year old video, um, recently on on one of the god awful shows, Sunrise, that um that helped rehabilitate her image. Thanks very much, Sunrise. Yeah, while well, uh, while paying her, no less. Yes, yes, uh, paying Pauline Hanson to to give her time in the spotlight and rehabilitate her image, so she could get back in and still be a big dumb joke. Um, so she was asked about this, and what I really like is that. Uh, on the Charon, on the screen, um, the headline is, Pauline Hanson too trusting? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> um, and so we're being asked about it. This is her explanation. This is Pauline's explanation of uh, the video being released. He lied about that, saying that I knew and we agreed to have it released. I ensured that a document was signed that it was never to be released. He, he, he did the wrong thing by me and I'm, I'm embarrassed by it, but I had a price in my head at that time. You did not have a price on your head at that time. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, I love it. Conservatives love to make shit up. They love it. They really do. Oh, like Ben was saying, just just all these imagined, all these sort of like, yeah, just the imagined importance of people going, man, this person's a dipshit. But they just make shit up all the time. um, Like, you know, my kid went to school and he got told he has to sing Rainbow Sheep and he can't say Merry Christmas. Yes, yes. That's my favorite is the can't say Merry Christmas stuff. I love it. Oh, it's so good. I would love to see an example of that. I mean... Yeah, the last the last place I lived in Melbourne was a very very integrated suburb, like wildly diverse population, 
October rolls around, fucking Christmas trees and Merry Christmas shit everywhere. Yep. No one cares. Not a thing. It's I just, not a fucking thing. dumb. Like, my the fucking... Like, the kebab shop around the corner from my house is full of fucking, like, Merry Christmas stuff. Every time Christmas rolls around, it's like fucking... All that shit is all up on the walls, all everywhere. And these people are convinced that, like, Muslims are coming here and that's the reason the government's forcing us never to say those two words again. It's like, no one really cares. That's not really, like, yeah. a point that you should be arguing. Just, You're, like, fucking yeah. 50 years old. Why are you like this they, angry about something not happening to Christmas? They drive <laughs> past that on their way to the shops and they're walking through the shopping centre and they walk past the 12-foot, you know, Christmas tree with lights up the whole way and, um, you know, tinsel the whole way through the shopping centre and then they get to Woolies and it says, you know, wish your family a happy holidays and they immediately drive all the way home <laughs> to write a blog post on how Sharia law is taken over. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much yeah. at this point. Like, Trump speaking- did his usual, like... It was like a week ago or something. He was like, we're becoming a nation again that says Merry Christmas. Like, And people went nuts for it. But is it, there's going to be, like, a moment of self-interrogation where they're like, oh, hang on, I've still been saying it this whole time. <laughs> What's he bringing back? But there's never that. It's just... No, well, like we all remember weird, like, the bad tightening. days under Obama when it was illegal um, <laughs> to say Merry Christmas. You couldn't gender mm. your child. Mm. Um, you know, there weren't allowed any trans people in, in um, bathrooms and diapers were outlawed. Um, yeah, I still remember all the stories. I still remember all the stories of people being sent to holiday camps mm. for mm. having said, for having uttered the dread phrase... But um, luckily those times are gone. Um, speaking of, of Sharia law, we also had Pauline's um, incredibly, incredibly stupid uh, burqa stunt in the Senate, oh, which we so talked good. about. Um, we talked about a little while ago when that happened. <laughs> hugely, hugely moronic, but it had the um, even worse side effect of allowing um, uh, Attorney General George Brandis to rinse her in the Senate and make himself sound like a compassionate, reasonable yeah, to, human. To slither his horrible, greasy body up into the high ground. Yep. And uh, make people think that that he was he was okay, even though he is, um, you know, one of the people who spends all his time uh, propping up our, our little refugee internment camps. So, you know, when that guy gets to say, man, you're being pretty mean to the Muslims and everyone agrees with him, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't mind, don't don't look north of the coast or anything like that. Yes, do not do not ever do that. My my favorite um, thing about the the Burker incident was, was it Nick McKim, who saw you know what looked like a woman in a burqa in in Parliament House, with a bunch of like security guards standing around her looking antagonistic. So he like went up to her and shook her hand as like a sign of support, not realizing that it was Pauline Hanson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, God forbid that someone be nice to a Muslim person, you know, in Australia. Just disgusting. Terrible. Well, I'm trying to remember what Pauline Hanson thought that that kind of info. She was like, see, it was a even point he about didn't security. know it was me. Yeah. Well, about the Nick McKim thing, she was like, even he didn't know it was me. And yeah, he was like, oh, I just thought it was some lady. And I, I was trying to be nice to her. And if I hadn't known it was her, I would have told her to fuck off. Um, so, you know, it's very dumb. Um, we have, a we have our other beloved, uh, friend of the show, Corey Bernardi 
on the Australian front. Um, he's had some classics, um, like his recent move to leave his his actual political party that he was in with claims that he was going to uh, devastate the establishment with his own conservative party, which turned out to just be his um, his like Mailchimp uh, subscriber list, <laughs> uh, which it turns out is not a political party. So that was a good move for him. Um, he's he's really sort of he's taken himself from a position where like he got to mouth off about whatever idiotic shit he wanted, and everybody had to pay attention because he actually held you know held a vote and some influence in a party which which did not have a huge majority. And now that he's removed himself to go off and do his conservative thing, he's um he's I saw a thing where he was complaining to the media a while ago where he was like, yeah, journalists all don't want to talk to me anymore. Everybody used to listen to me and give me all this airtime, and all of a sudden, I'm being silenced. And it's like, no, you you deliberately took yourself out of a position of influence, and now everybody's really glad that they don't have to talk to you. Well, yeah, imagine and also, like-, like all the journalists have to divide their time between you know all the other like single person, single issue parties. You know, like George Fox Motoring Party and the. Uh- <laughs> Please stop throwing trash into my front yard, specifically, party. Yeah. So there's the a lot adult, of people that adult have to cover. fetishist re- respect party. <laughs> yeah. So um, so that was a, a really good cell phone for Corey, just sidelining himself politically, which I've enjoyed. Um, and then as we have referred to previously, there was the very strange anecdote from him when he was on his UN posting in America during the election campaign, um, as he gleefully recalled going to Starbucks... Um, ordering ordering coffee and saying his name was Trump so they would have to put it on the coffee cup and call it out. And then um, when they would call it out, he would just stand there and listen and not go and get his cup of coffee. <laughs> Which... Owned, owned lips. Uh, yeah, take that. Now I get to look like a fuckwit and not have my coffee. <laughs> take that. Imagine being that poor person who's just working in Starbucks and, and you just have to deal with Trump like that all day. <laughs> yeah, just looking at the cup like uh, mm. call it out four times and nobody shows up for it yet. The only like proper response to that is to look at it, yell the word turnip one time and then throw <laughs> it on the floor. That's it. Trunk. Trunk. <laughs> Um, but his most recent um, wildly spectacular cell phone was getting himself very, very um, worked up about a charity fundraiser uh, at a school for uh, the, the One Girl um, charity, which is, if, if I recall correctly, is about raising funding for education of girls in like African countries. Is that, that is correct? Yep. The right ballpark. Um. So, so the concept of this thing is it's like, it's, it's just like fucking, you know, jeans for jeans day or like wear a Hawaiian shirt to work day or whatever the fuck it's come to, come to school in a dress and do everything in a dress all day. Um, Corey Bernardi was outraged, um, because he, he described it. He described trying to get boys to wear dresses in school as quote, gender morphing, um, which while you know not well a that's not what the campaign is about and b it is also not a thing actually i think you'll find it's like a 30 long book series by k applegate (laughs) (laughs) morphin time um mighty gender morphing power rangers was a show when i was a kid 
But uh, so the school had been hoping, hoping beyond hope to raise $900 um, for this campaign. But thanks to um, a complete idiot senator's intervention and trumpeting this thing to the entire country, uh, they then raised more than $275,000, which one girl CEO, Morgan Kugel, said was uh, more than any one school had ever generated alone on one of its campaigns. So good. That's just like Caleb's cell phone of posting last week's Bunta Vista on his Twitter account and making it one yeah. of our most popular episodes ever. <laughs> and we made two hundred fifty thousand dollars from that too. So we did. Thanks, we did. We're rich now. <laughs> All I have to do it's is threaten an eighteen-year-old with gun violence and uh, <laughs> <laughs> completely <favorite> sincerely. <laughs> oh, extreme! I could tell in your voice, Ben, that you were very sincere. Please um, don't. If you're a lawyer and you're listening to this, collecting evidence. I meant mm. it. I own several guns that <laughs> I know how to use them. <laughs> it is so easy to get in Australia too, aren't they? So easy. Yeah. Oh, well, you're in America now, so maybe... Yeah, just bring one home Cut. in your bag. Bring home a gun. Yeah, it should be please, easy. Please check this man's cavity when he's returning. Could be smuggling a, a, a small derringer inside. Do you think the human um, body so- only has one cavity? How well? How many? How many cavities have you got that you think might fit a gun? I could probably, <laughs> really hide a very small gun in my mouth if I tried. <laughs> but I feel like that would that would like really interfere with you answering any questions from the TSA agents <laughs> that they might have. Just tiny glimpses of gun in my mouth as I completely garble answering what my age is. Yeah, as you work work the gun around in your mouth, a single bullet falls out onto the counter as you're talking. Yeah. So yes, according to Ben, uh, it's real. Um, everybody else, it's not. And Ben is also uh, the only person who's legally responsible for the contents of this podcast, as per a document I had him sign, but did not show him the details of. <laughs> yeah, he'll I sign anything. Have to read it anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was a good one from Corey Bernardi. Um, and of course, on the Australian front, we would be remiss to not mention uh, the all-time Hall of Famer, Tony Abbott, friend of the show, um, Tony. reluctant former Prime Minister, Tony. He's like, his entire Prime Ministership was one very elaborate cell phone. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I often refer to him as the dog that caught the car. He became prime minister and just had absolutely no idea what to do. Um, it was pretty pretty out of control. But even beyond all of his terrible policy decisions and general awful conduct, uh, leathery, parchment-like skin, a darting lizard tongue, uh, apart from all of those things, um, he still just had such a string of incredibly weird shit. There was the onion eating. Which we all remember. Which we all know weird. Well, he did it more than once. He did it more he than should, once. Yeah, he did and it was after like time. a week. A week afterwards was when he did the second one, right? It like was not a very. It wasn't uh, a gap. It was, no, yeah, it was like yeah. the next week he was. It was like a big, big shallot sort of thing. A big green onion. Just yep, very normal to just eat that whole. Um, there was his knighthood of Prince Philip, which which proved to be the thing to. To pretty much undo his prime ministership in the end, um, which you know, as as incredibly tone deaf and unnecessary moves go, that's a, that's an all timer right there. 
Um, there was the weird little wink that he did to the guy oh. on the on the radio station. Um, there was a poverty-stricken woman calling in to talk to him about um, the, the horrible conditions in which she finds herself. Um, even describing... I think was she was she like it it was some it was some terrible confluence of things like she was like a disabled pensioner, and then she mentioned um, to Tony Abbott on this call that um, that she had turned to doing um, uh, phone phone sex, a phone line sex work kind of deal in order to try and make up some of the sort of shortfall in money that she can't get from the from the public welfare safety net, and upon hearing the word sex. Tony immediately turned and winked, winked lasciviously to his, um, to the person hosting the show. And of course, his face was being filmed, uh, right up close. And he had no good explanation for that one, but it was extremely weird. He's just weird about sex in general. Um, which is surprising because he's Catholic. You'd never anticipate that. Yeah. Uh, in, in doing a bit of research for this, I found out too much about Tony Abbott, uh, having sex. There were all the weird comments about his um, about his daughters, and how it was during the election campaign. Who's was like, "I'm the one with the the good looking daughters," like <laughs> parading them all around, all dressed in white constantly. It was it was very strange and very on the nose. Um, and then he got into his public comments about um, his his daughters and their virginity, his adult daughters. Bit weird. And their virginity, which was very strange. Um, how did that make you feel, Lucy? As, um, as a, yeah, as great. As an adult virgin. <laughs> Just felt very... <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, that's extremely rude. Secondly, I <laughs> hope to have sex for the first time very soon. And I don't really want to be yeah. bullied until that point. How soon? Uh, it'll happen. It'll happen for me. Maybe 20, 2018 could be my year. Yeah. Would uh, would you say that you are like holding out because you believe, as Tony Abbott does, that virginity, quote, is the greatest gift you can give someone? Wow. I really don't think that it is. It absolutely <laughs> isn't. Anyone who's taken somebody's virginity, I, I really, that's not a gift. Not a gift. No, it's... um. It's it's yeah it's probably the the worst sex you're gonna have with somebody or truly the worst, in, isn't it? Yeah, the absolute. Like yeah, it's just bad. That's it's bad, Tony. Why are you talking about around. that? So this was this is all weird shit that he said like in the lead up to becoming prime minister. This is what it, like, oh yeah he still got he elected during the um during the election campaign. Uh, so this is from a piece about that. The opposition leader says men and women tempted by sex before marriage should try to abide by, quote, the rules, but at least use contraception if they can't wait. But Mr. Abbott confessed today that his daughters have told him to keep his lifestyle advice on sex and drugs to himself, owned, um, saying that they've told him, quote, dad, you did all those things and I did. But this, this next bit, somehow... This never cut through when this story was in the media for me. And uh, God, I wish somebody had asked him more questions about it. Mr. Abbott, who has previously admitted to once drinking, quote, some sort of hemp yogurt that left him, quote, away with the fairies for about 12 hours, told 3AW he did not want to offer sexual counseling to the nation, which is a shame. How, 
how did we never get any more information on Tony Abbott doing uh, a doing edibles, and B <laughs> has anybody here ever heard of consuming uh, weed in the form of yogurt? I mean, it's uh, got fat in it, so it's possible. But yeah, all right, calm down. It's weird. Ben, Ben, have you ever heard of bloody weed science? Don't, over don't there? you? Don't you have to? <laughs> wouldn't you have to boil the yogurt at some stage? Yeah, well, it it seems like you would have to. Hey, that's really weird well, to me. Or do you do it in butter first like, and add it? Then that just sounds gross. You're just making like a weird, slick, buttery yogurt. Well, what if you sure what if that. you were making like um yeah what if you were making like uh the way you make natural yogurt or whatever you know just leaving it to strain through a muslin cloth or whatever but also just shoved heaps of weed in there to absorb in it sounds like the worst possible way to make an edible yeah it just doesn't seem like it would work at all which is very strange hemp yogurt to me just sounds more like it's one of those like hippie bullshit things you buy that's not actually psychoactive they just like putting hemp in everything. Maybe just ate mouldy yogurt and got <laughs> insanely poisoned for twelve hours. I'm gonna and that's what he, and that's what he thinks weed. drug use is, and uh, that's why he's so against it. Yeah. Um, let's just put the call cool. out there, folks. If you have ever heard of any form of um, of of weed it's, it's real. involving yogurt, I just googled yeah. it. And it does not sound yeah. good. <laughs> No, it sounds bad. It seems like it a million bad. other ways to achieve what you're trying to do. I'm just oh. imagining, like, oh. I'm just imagining trying to like drink uh, a large rotten yakult. You know, it's bad. Mm. It's bad. Mm. <laughs> Having a really hard time with this. Oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on a limb and say no hemp yogurt for me. Okay, so you- um, he. You can yep. infuse weed into milk. Apparently, wow. I've heard of that. I've heard of people. That was a thing on the something awful forums for ages, where they were. And I assumed it was just people trolling about boiling weed in in milk to get people to waste their weed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're still wasting your weed. <laughs> um, well, if you're giving that's... it to Tony Abbott, you're fucking wasting it. My God, I just I just cannot believe that he he let that slip. Some sort of hemp yogurt, without um, and I like that it's hemp as well. It's not even. <laughs> it's just the hemp. It's just the rope part. Yeah, it's the part just... we make rope out of. Um, he actually just ate yeah. a hemp T-shirt that it had some milk soaked into it and had been left there for a really long time. He ate he ate the hemp cloth someone was straining their natural yogurt through. <laughs> Very, very confused. Um, so yeah, Tony, Tony, all-time champion. Um, he certainly looks like he has zero plans of of retiring um, and letting someone else climb up the charts. I think that he is going to continue uh, owning himself savagely and publicly um, until they drag him out of Parliament in a box. That's my take on Tony. Um. So, you know, that's just a taste. That's just a taste of our local self-owning. Um, but we have, of course, had some absolutely staggering uh, examples from overseas this week. It's such a universal um, thing. Oh, Conservatives just, yeah, their pants down. And, um, well, well, the thing that has inspired this episode, full stop, 
Um, and it's a bit of a continue on. <laughs> it's a bit of a continuation from last week's um, diaper fetish talk. Was this Turning Point USA uh, protest on uh, on campus at uh, Kent Kent State, mm-hmm. I believe? Yep. And yeah, they they were basically putting on this protest to protest against like safe spaces and libs being big babies. And they thought, what really captures the idea of a big baby? Uh, nappies, nappies on adults. Hell yeah! Um, they they had some some little some little like playgate things, um, some little. Yeah, and then they all they all put on put on nappies and sat down on the floor with dummies in uh, drawing things with crayons. So the thing about this is, it was one guy that was wearing a diaper, right? Uh, yeah, I think oh, I everybody else. I, I'm pretty sure it's just a one dude that's in the yellow shirt that's in all the photos. I could be wrong. I might have just made this entire narrative up in my head, but it seems very much like. They've all been like, oh, we'll make fun of it by making it like it's, you know, for kids or whatever. And one guy's like, yeah, we can all wear diapers. And the rest of them are like, oh, oh, you know, we'll see how we go. <laughs> and then there's this one fucking guy who's in the middle of every photo wearing nothing but a T-shirt and a diaper uh, with a dummy in some photos. Yeah, like and he's sucking his a... thumb in others. and Just the fucking, you, you got it. There has to be some point, right, where you're like, oh, this is hilarious satire. And then the moment where you're unbuttoning your pants... And sliding them off, and you're standing there in broad fucking daylight with your bare legs and your diaper, and you're just like, oh, no. Oh, we fucked this. You know, we're the ones. We're, we're, in, a, we're in diapers. Now we're the huge babies. Mm. Like, this, um, th- that, that was exactly what I thought about it, Ben, was um, I, I was just trying to imagine the, the conversations that happened before this, and then some decisions were taken. And then um, somebody went to a store and they were like, hey, I need, uh, I need a dummy. Um, no, they absolutely already nappies. had all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I, uh, I need large, large adult diapers for me, a university student trying to make some kind of point. Um, the, the Turning Point USA um, college stuff, it, it really seems like a, a big cell phone factory, doesn't it? Like, mm. oh, it's terrible. And, and even better, after a little bit, the, um, the protest was actually um, disowned by Turning Point USA, the main organization. Oh, yeah, the so phrasing I assume, yeah. of their statement, what did they call it? Uh, something... And obscure. They use two really odd words. They they said, quote, while we support all of our chapters to do innovative and creative activism events, this event clearly crossed the line and delved into the very obscure and inappropriate. <laughs> the intention of the event was to criticize safe spaces, which we support. However, the execution and choice of imagery was <laughs> poor in taste. Meanwhile, they're in a fucking safe space at uni, not being murdered while they're being huge weirdos. <laughs> yeah. It's incredibly weird. Like, they, yeah, they had the other protest where they were, like, um, dressing up as cops and going up to people and giving them citations for being triggered. Wow. Uh, which, again, is wow. that kind of thing where you just imagine a bunch of, like, really, really lame, um, you know, student student politician 
kind of types all sitting around and talking about this thing and then getting out into the real world. Can you imagine how many people they they stop and say some stuff to who immediately go, fuck off and keep walking? These these things, they don't exist outside of their little fucking thought bubble. Like, you know, people just shouting triggered at each other or, you know, did you just assume my gender and all this sort of stuff. Mm. That it, People, this never happens. Like... Yeah, people on the left try and think about this sort of stuff and not be gigantic, inconsiderable dickholes to, you know, people that are different to them. But they don't, like, the only time I ever see this sort of language is from these fucking idiots who just repeat it verbatim uh, into, like, an echo chamber until they pass out from, you know, the effort of it. And so, like, if you go up to someone on the street and you start shouting this sort of stuff at them, like... 99% 99% of people are just going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, what that's are, absolutely what are you, it. What are it you talking about? It would just be about? like people having a normal conversation, some dude walking up there being like, ah, oh, you triggered your little bitch, and they're just like, I, I, don't, I don't know you. Okay. What are you well, doing? What is this? Well, let's, let's, let's go back local for a second for a really, really good localized example of this. And um, a friend of the show, uh, Nikki old old friend wine mum on twitter she she had a post earlier today about um about australian conservative columnist miranda devine ah miranda devine um, and it was just it's just this sequence of her getting um, owned sequence of incidents yeah where where miranda has just destroyed herself by um saying something incredibly dumb and then immediately having someone go no that's not at all that's not at all what you think it is and the the first example was um, during a during a rugby game. Um, Miranda says, "Did David Pocock actually do jazz hands when he scored a try? What a tosser!" <laughs> uh, David Pocock himself then replies to her, "It was actually Auslan sign language for clapping. I have a friend whose first language is Auslan, so I did it for her." <laughs> Now, now, a, a normal person at this stage would go, oh, oops. Whoops. Like, I mean, a normal person probably wouldn't make that joke in the first place. I mean, but we've all, like, mm. overstepped and said something stupid where we've just looked stupid. And then you go, oh, hey, that was that was really dumb of me. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I publicly apologize. But she didn't. Uh, well. She didn't? Hmm. Well. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> well, she did, she did say, this is the thing, she, she tried to explain it. Um, to David, but the problem is that the explanation was just a revelation of how completely fucked her brain is by her own politics at this point. So she um she says to to um, David, "Oh, sorry, I thought it was this other thing," and then posts a link to one of her own articles saying, "For those puzzled about my aversion to jazz hands, it's the feminist version of clapping, which triggers anxiety." Wow. <laughs> and she has a, has a link off to one of her own blog posts, which is about, of course, liberals and lefties with their safe spaces on college campuses and all this sort of stuff. And much, much like so many of these things, it's clearly one of these things where, where like she's, she's seen like one person's like idiotic Tumblr post about how like they don't like clapping because the sound is aggressive, so maybe you could just wave your hands instead, you know. But even then, you see right? something like that. Like that's not. It's well, so innocuous. Like, it. 
you know, even if that was something that like people were doing, no one's forcing anyone to do it. It's always just as a polite consideration. Like, who gives a shit? Why are you like someone in their mid-30s that's obsessing over this imagined insane version of what you think 18-year-olds are doing? Like, it's it's just... Well, apart from anything else, most of... I would say that most of the things that she's talking about... Um, yeah, are, the, are those types of things that don't really happen. In the same way that the right's, you know, cultural obsession with safe spaces... Um, and trigger warnings and stuff like that are so massively overrepresented compared to, yeah, the, the qualities in which they exist in the real world. I mean, the, the whole safe spaces thing, I am given to understanding that the whole safe spaces thing um, is about the universities that created an actual physical space and said, this is a safe space that you can go and, and sit at if you, if you, you know, want to get away from it, and you feel threatened or whatever. Um, and to my knowledge, the number of universities in North America that actually have safe spaces, it is either two or three universities. So like that's, and, and obviously it immediately became a, a phrase, which was then co-opted straight into this other thing. But like, the amount of time people like Miranda spend referring to all of this stuff compared to how much it actually exists in the real world is just staggeringly unbalanced. I mean, and, and even that, even that to, like for Miranda Devine to come out and say, oh, this guy just kind of waved both his hands for a second. My assumption is that he's doing this extremely hyper left-wing feminist virtue signaling at a rugby game, of course... The most, the most obvious place to do those sorts of things. And when the guy says, it's sign language, it's a thing deaf people do. She doesn't say, uh, like Theo said, she doesn't go, ooh, ooh, I was a dick there. Um, instead, she goes, oh no, let me explain. I've written an extremely weird essay about the one time <laughs> I heard that somebody in, in a university class somewhere floated the idea that they could do that instead of clapping. Um, so that's why it's still a normal thing for me to say. Can I just say that on the left, I think, though, I think we, we see people that do stupid stuff like conservatives or they complain about... Um, we'll get to the Mark, Mark Dice tweet, I think, in a sec, but like when people <laughs> complain about stuff that they don't like seeing and then people on the left go, oh, are you triggered? Do you need a safe space? Can I just say that I... That's not very... Like, don't do that. It's not very funny, I don't think. Like, mm. if if the more we do that, the more this bullshit's just going to continue into eternity. I think, like, just just leave it be. Just are you, are you I've triggered been there? Guilty of doing that before. Oh, I've done it. I've done it before as well. The instinct is definitely just to be like, "Haha, we're throwing your own thing back in your face," but then you really are just legitimizing their it's, usage it's of it. It's never, it, yeah. It's the just don't well, look kind of thing. I just uh, well, it's a lot, a lot of that, that on both. I think there's a lot of that on both sides where um, in exactly the, the same thing you were just saying a few minutes ago, Theo, about, um, yeah, about like conservative people saying, oh, did you just, did you just assume my gender? And like, it's this, it's this, where even if it's intended to be, you know, snarky or whatever, it's still this, this weaponizing of, of language that you yourself are saying you don't believe in. Yeah, that, that's um, that's right. And by by us doing it, we also say that we don't believe it. When you know, I think you know, triggering is a you know, we, this this 
came from you know a psychological or medical medical thing, and you know it affects people that have that's got PS, PTSD and that sort of thing. I don't think we should delegitimize that that as well. Mm. It's and it's much easier and funnier to just call them a huge dipshit. True. Yeah. Absolutely. Just reply a blue, blue, blue to all of their tweets. <laughs> oh, is... man, that makes people so mad. I did that to a guy that was, like, virulently anti-circumcision. And he... <laughs> he was just trying to pick a fight with me for, like, an hour. Just... That's all you can say, because nothing... there's nothing worth debating there. Oh, I went through a whole thread of, um, of angry landlords a little while ago and just replied... <laughs> <laughs> to each one. I saw that. It was That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I think I think it's very like you're saying. It's it's very similar to the right wing stuff where you see people saying, um, yeah, where like where people see, um, you know, a politician or a left wing person say something about old white men, and they go, oh, you're being racist against me and a and ageist. Head. You're being ageist mm. and racist and and sexist against me, uh, an older, you know, cishet Caucasian man. This is you're not supposed to discriminate. That's your thing. And it's like, well, yeah. And your side of politics is constantly talking about how like identity politics isn't a real thing, and everyone's an individual, and you don't get to take offense on the basis mm. of all this stuff. Yeah, and when it's you like, don't, well, then, when you actually don't play into it, then they, then it's like. Yeah, it, it only exists in their mind. It's like the Milo thing when you attack him and you're like, oh, but you can't attack a, a gay man. And it's like, no, that, that's that's the identity politics you're accusing us of. We can we can attack him on the basis of all of the horrible, shitty stuff he says. Yeah, because we actually it's all in your mind. gay people. We can believe that some of them absolutely fucking suck ass and are huge dipshits. Did, did anybody here see that new ad um, from the NRA? No. No. It is insane. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, yeah, I, I I saw this thing the other day, and it was just it was just staggering. Without um, you saying you know, anything uh, about it, can I just assume that it's they've tried to get a, like a very diverse array of people talking about how much they love guns, being like, well, black people use them, and gay people. Is that what it is? Uh, no, it is in fact um, is in fact Dana Loesch, if you recall her. Um, this is goddamn it. Let's all have an awkward pause for a moment while I find this thing. Leave this in as well. I'm, I'm not going to leave it in. No, I'm going to do a quality stand up in that time. So uh, then you'll have to leave it in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hit us with a hit us with a bit of good stand up while I track this down. Hey, uh, so you guys hear about, um, hear about, uh, this Elon Musk guy? It's like, come on, man, we've already invented the car. No, who's, who's that, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, was, did you um, say, did you say Elon, Elon Musk or Elon Must? <laughs> Elon Must. <laughs> uh, more like, uh, um, I was, Look, yeah, keep I, was it at, going. I was at the shops the other day and I was, uh, you ever noticed that the price of goods is, uh, steadily, steadily been raising in line with, uh, inflation and you're like, whoa, this used to cost less. Hey, can I, can I heckle during this? 
Please don't. It's already a very no, fragile I mean, set. Uh, no, it's it's a yeah. It's a, like it's just a you're just trying it out, right? Yeah, this is all you know. This is this is going to go on my um my Netflix stand up special. I'm just still working out you know what's good, what's bad. Is this is this going to go on your reel? Yeah. All right. So I got this ad. That was great, by the way, Ben. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you for um really keeping us going. So, so here's here's a very very normal TV commercial, um, starring Dana Loesch, who is a um a, a spokesperson for the NRA, which, if I am given to understanding correctly, is a uh is a, a sportsman's rifle association, <laughs> right? Hmm. Yeah, I think so, it's sort of like a hobbyist's collective. Yeah. If yeah. you if you like if you like guns and you you like to shoot them off, you can join this club. Here's a very normal thing for a group like that to say. Let's just take a listen to this one minute long ad. We are witnesses to the most ruthless attack on a president and the people who voted for him and the free system that allowed it to happen in American history. From the highest levels of government to their media, universities and billionaires, their hateful defiance of his legitimacy is an insult to each of us. But the ultimate insult is that they think we're so stupid that we'll let them get away with it. These saboteurs slashing away with their leaks and sneers, their phony accusations and gagging sanctimony drive their daggers through the heart of our future, poisoning our belief that honest custody of our institutions will ever again be possible. So they can then build their utopia from the ashes of what they burned down. No, their fate will be failure and they will perish in the political flames of their own fires. We are the National Rifle Association of America and we are freedom's safest place. Holy fuck. You wow. know, like uh, RTS games from the 90s? How, like, yes, before every mission? <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> is, know, like- this is absolutely like a speech from um, The Handmaid's Tale or something. Oh, it's definitely like a Command and Conquer game person talking to you before you start. Like, if you just appended, <laughs> like, the word Commander, comma, and then started <laughs> playing that. Um. I, yeah, I hope it goes without saying that the visuals during this commercial are a lot of flashes of like um, violence in hotspots around the world. Um, a lot of a lot of shift, shifty looking people in turbans. Yeah, cool. Um, a lot of a lot of antifa having riots. Um, journalists just being journalists. I I really like how there is basically absolutely no mention of anything to do with um, guns or gun control or anything. Well, it's implicit. You meant it to is... shoot everyone mentioned. Yeah, the entire thing is basically like, um, yeah, imagine imagine daring to resist or undermine uh, the president. Frightening stuff. Mm, bad. <laughs> it it like yeah I it's. That one is is a whole thing to deal with. Their hateful defiance of his legitimacy oh. is an insult to each oh. of us. That I like the idea of us like turning some... it down and building a utopia. That sounds nice. Sounds good. That does sound nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, a cultural Marxist utopia. Maybe. Hell yeah. That, sure. Um, how how's that for a line to wrap it up on though? Um, they will perish in the political flames of their own fires. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I mean, if I'm going to die, I, I hope it's in the flames of my own um, political fires. So, yeah. if it's not autoerotic asphyxiation. 
It is right out there. It is right out there. Um, look, you know, obviously we got a lot of a lot of other guys like this to cover. A lot of other sweet conservatives. Um, should we just should we just have one more, and then we can maybe take the other the other guys over to the um to the bonus episode. Yes. How do we feel about that, guys? Yes. Sounds good. Because we've been going for nigh on an hour. Well, so yeah, many about half an hour worth of cuts to make, but that's true. Oh, sorry, you you have. I'm leaving the stand up in, obviously. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. This is gonna this is gonna be my big break. <laughs> Finally, um, so look, all right, we'll we'll just have one one last one here from uh, sent in by a friend of the show, uh, Connor Golden, about other friend of the show, Mark Dice, good old Dark Mice. Um, I have heard you tweet. If you tweet Dark Mice at him on Twitter, he will block you immediately. <laughs> um, and this was this was uh, this was Mark saying uh, that he he just phoned the Baltimore police to report the "Kill Trump" song by Abdel Ibrahim, and they said they don't care, and then hung up on me. <laughs> it's such a good tweet. God, so good. I the best so thing about good. this just... is their willingness to post shit like this. Is so good. These things that just show that the world doesn't take them seriously in any fashion because the shit they do is not real. And they think it's, again, they've mistaken it for a sign of legitimacy (laughs) instead of what it is, which is the world being completely indifferent to them and their made-up complaints. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, the, the, I don't know, I, I just can't imagine what it's like in that dude's head to write that out and look at it and think... Yes, this this is very sympathetic towards me. I don't sound like the person. Uh, I don't sound like the person wasting the police's time by ringing them up to say that a song upset me. Uh, Somebody which, threatened Daddy. Uh, yes, um, just for Theo's benefit, um, he was triggered. That little snowflake was yeah, triggered. Yeah, absolutely, and he does need a safe space. This is. I immediately. He take does. Back. I mean, he really does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I tell you what, folks. Um, we are we are gonna log off. We're gonna log the f off. Um, but we are going to continue on this very topic on this week's bonus episode. Um, this is going to include a bit of bit of chat about uh, beautiful people like uh, Stephen Crowder, uh, Gavin McInnes, and of course, we are going to have to just take a quick listen to um, Baked Alaska's uh, response oh my God. to the Eminem uh, Donald Trump diss track. That's incredible. We're going to listen to the actual audio of him rapping in response to Eminem, guys. I hadn't seen it until today, and I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's you will. You will again. How yeah. about that? All right. So there you go, folks. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you would like to hear more about this topic, please feel free to jump on the old Patreon. If you are already a patron, we love you. Your kisses are in the mail. Um, if you responded to um, our, little, our little giveaway of Friend of the Show stickers uh, made by dear sweet friend of the show himself, Tal Waterhouse, um, I now have your addresses and I know where you live. You're never getting a sticker. Uh, it's been an elaborate ruse. <laughs> around a competition just to obtain personal information about you. And once again, Ben is left holding the bag legally. So glad I've said and done all of the things that I've said and done. Yep. Signed all those documents. That, that thick ream of documents. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you can you can sign up for that if you would like to get that stuff or you could you could rate us on iTunes if you like that sort of thing. 
Um, any of you guys ever get into reviewing stuff online? No. no. Can't stand it. Yeah, me either. So, <laughs> I understand if you're not going to rate it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, but, but people have. Maybe you're like them. Maybe you're them. like uh, telling strangers on the internet what you thought of it. Maybe you're like one of those people that leaves uh, a review of every single thing that you ever stop at uh, as a Google Maps review of like a forest and you, you leave five stars oh. and you say, it's good. I've seen a lot of those. those people. I've been staring at a lot of Google Maps lately and uh, people have all sorts of opinions about all sorts of places. Yeah, I love people who do that shit. There was a, a guy who lived near me in Melbourne who just reviewed everything that was like within walking distance of my house. It was like Yarra oh. Bike Trail, four stars. <laughs> and he also, he also had this great habit of dropping into each review that he had a girlfriend. Um, he There was like a local jeweler and he was like, mm, it was great. Um, they they f- like fixed something or whatever. Um for, for my girlfriend, whose wrists are very slender. <laughs> I was like, all right. If you've got to get that into there. Yeah, um, I'm always buying uh, jewels for my wafy girlfriend. Same. Mm, well, I'm assuming that, you know, maybe they got some sort of special links that his girlfriend's slender wrists could hold up because like a normal, a normal kind of Michael Hill jeweler uh, chain would just crush her, her bird-like bones under its weight. Out of curiosity, uh, Theo, when was the last time that you bought your wife jewellery? I, I can't. I'll, I'll get it wrong. <laughs> let's keep attacking Theo's marriage. This is great. All right, let's, uh, let's take it offline and go and re- review Theo's marriage on the other episode. Um, if you're a patron, we will see you over there. And if you're not, um, go fuck you know, yourself. what are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do? Hmm. You can either go fuck yourself or you can sign up for the Patreon. One of those, only those <laughs> only two, two options. options. Unfortunate. Uh, jerk it uh, or so get off the pot. That's mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks, folks. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.